All right, it said recording in progress, so here we go. We are here with Mogs episode six. Once again, appreciate you guys for the patience uh, while we figured out a lot of the producing side of things. Podcasting is a lot more complicated than I would have ever possibly imagined. I just thought it was, you know, hit record in a good studio, download the file, edit it, upload it. And it essentially is, but there's a lot more to it. So mad respect for people that actually do this for a living. We're going to talk about uh, what we refer to as Jedi mind tricks later, which I will let Tom start on. But before we get to the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, you know we're here to have fun a little bit too. So we got a bunch of questions a few weeks back that we said we would answer as we start the episodes. And this one comes from our dear friend, Nick Milo. The question was, would you let your girl peg you one single time, one single time, for free gear for an entire year? I know my answer completely depends on peg me with what, for how long, but honestly, more so the answer is going to depend on if she's given me, you know, 20 IUs of Pharma HGH a day, or yeah. if there's, you know, no Pharma HGH in the mix, because... Yeah. Bro, that we're talking, we're talking like a million bucks over the course of the year. Oh yeah, some Trump change. Tom, what do you no, think, yeah. man? That that was exactly where I was going with it. Honestly, um, if it includes GH, then yeah, I'm probably gonna run a Geno pen, um, a day for free. Okay. <laughs> Completely, <laughs> no shame in that at all. Um, but if it's no, then that 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 makes it harder. I don't think so. I think I think the price of gear nowadays is pretty pretty affordable. Um, and you can pretty much, anyone can pretty much afford to run, um, any reasonable amount, um, for pretty cheap. So I would say no to gear, but yes, if it includes, um, GH. Same, same with Incrolex. If, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Really expect, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's fine. I'll, I'll take a, uh, I'll take a prosthetic dick in my ass and cancer <laughs> Incrolex games, right? <laughs> Feel yeah, free, guys. Just, just, just speaking my mind here. Um, Wait, like peg you with a, with a nightstick, like just what is a nightstick? It's like one of those those sticks that police guards used to used to hold back way back. Oh, the, the the baton. See, yeah, I the little baton. Saying, like, I thought this was about to get real deep here. I thought you'd be like, you didn't have an uncle that came in your room at two a.m. <laughs> time for the nightstick. I thought this was about to go a real weird direction, but I had to <laughs> it since you didn't say it. Yeah, not the nightstick, a nightstick. A not the nightstick, a <laughs> nightstick. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So we'll just transition right from there to how we uh, mentally manipulate our clients to get them the best results possible. Um, I, I have one that's in my head, but I think you had some really good, compelling ones um, when you brought up the idea to talk about this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you lead this one, man. Go ahead. Um, so honestly, coaching mentality um, is pretty interesting. You know, that's like 90% of coaching, in my opinion, is uh, the mentality. Everyone has X's and O's. Anyone, uh, for the most part, can get people in pretty good shape. Um, you learn how to peak people over time uh, in terms of like coaching athletes and coaching lifestyle people is obviously a little bit different uh, than that. But I would say that 
Um, yeah, I mean, coaching mentality is a huge part of it. Um, you have to be able to, like you said, mentally manipulate people um, in order to do tasks to a certain degree, obviously. I mean, it is what it is. You you could call it what you want, but you it is to a certain degree manipulation um, for the betterment of a person. Yeah. <laughs> instead They're of paying you for it. They're paying you yeah, for exactly. it. That. They, they requested. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they pay they you. They requested. Yes. To be manipulated in a good way. Consensual. <laughs> completely consensual. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, um, to get people to do what, you know, they need to be doing in order to reach their goals that they list out for you. And I like the way um, some people put it, you know, coaching is a lot like um, in bodybuilding. It's not very much different from coaching in football or basketball or all these different things. Um, obviously, you are coaching people in a lifestyle, not necessarily um, exactly. interesting. So I like the way that you said um, mental manipulation, because that is what it is to a certain degree. Obviously, we know that um, it's not it's requested. It is something that they pay for um, and ask you to do in order to reach their goals. Obviously, it's in a positive way when you can manipulate people in a negative way, um, which is what some coaches do in the industry. Obviously, the bad ones that uh, we don't associate with. But um, I mean, coaching mentality is huge. You got to get people to be able to do uh, what they want to do and what, you know, is ultimately going to reach their goals um, in a way that is going to be the least mentally um, stressful way possible. Obviously, the bigger the goals, um, there's going to be stress involved with it and stress to a certain degree is good. Um, as we know from psychology, you have distress, you stress, distress being the bad stress, you stress being the good stress. And you have to be able to, you know, associate you stress, which is the positive um, side of the equation with um, their goals and be able to, uh, you know, not necessarily put them in positions where it's going to compromise their uh, mental health or mental well-being, but get them excited um, to be able to do it and, you know, have that more so grateful perspective on things where it's like, I get to do this. It's not I have to do this. Um, because that's something you see a lot with bodybuilding is, you know, deep in prep people start complaining about, you know, what their coach is having them do. And um, even if it's not anything cra crazy bad, um, if it's just like an hour of cardio or, you know, um, going carbless for a few days or something like that, um, people get pretty deep in a prep and they start forgetting that this is to a certain, certain degree self-induced. And as a coach, you have to uh, sort of center them and, you know, just remind them of their why and why they're being able to, uh, why why they are going through with this process in the first place. So um, that's sort of my first take on coaching mentality right there. Everything sure. bad, Jensen? Yeah, I was going to say there was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I put up like a reel the other day that kind of bounced off with something you just said, where it's you have to remember your why, and then you have to align, or sorry, and then you have to make goals based upon your why that actually align with your why, not what you want your why to be. Like you have to be true to yourself. So be true to yourself when you define that why. Be true to yourself and make SMART, like the acronym, goals that play off of that why. And then you have to be really honest with yourself or pay for a coach who is going to be honest with you and knows what they're doing so that you can build and stay consistent with habits that bring you closer to that goal that is based on your why. So I think of it kind of like a, a pyramid in a sense. Like at the top is, is your why and that just kind of like bleeds into everything else or you could even invert it depending on how you want to think of that. But I like that a lot. And then one the one thing that was in my head 
um, for when we were talking about the, or actually it's more of a, so when I give clients who I'm going to have to push a little bit, like you're saying at the end of prep or anything like that, when I send them the protocols, sometimes I'll put on a little reminder, like, Hey, reminder, this isn't healthy. This is a healthy sport. We are purposely making you unhealthy for an athletic goal, but we have to do this, you know, barring these things happening, of course, that it would take you out of prep, but we have to do this to give you the desired look that is required for your class that we've talked about and chosen. So that way it's like, but, but that comes down to individual psychology, right? So it's like one person, if you're minding them, Hey, this is going to suck. They're going to constantly think about how much it sucks. Another person might take the exact same words in the exact same tone and be like, okay, cool. Like I see why I'm doing this and I feel empowered by knowing that this is going to suck, but that I'm stronger than the suck. Like I can, I can get through this. Like I, I am a stronger person for being able to get through this. I feel like I have self-efficacy. Like I know that I can handle this shit. Um, and then there's obviously a lot of in between and it's issue specific. So do you have any examples of um, you prefacing things in a certain way for clients um, when you're delivering protocols that helps with what I was talking about there? So it always goes back to the initial meeting with the client for me first. And that's where you kind of, you know, get a good feel for what the person's trying to do, uh, what they're willing to do. Obviously, the longer the client's with you, it sort of develops over time. Person could just go from wanting to be in shape to wanting to be in contest shape, which is two completely different goals. And obviously, that's something that develops over time, like I was saying. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, when you do, when you deliver protocols, it comes down to um, the individual and the individual psychology. And that's why I think building rapport with the client, or at least finding out what ticks in the individual, what makes them tick, finding out their why, their reasons behind doing it, uh, what their life stresses may be around, you know, this certain sport or goal or whatever, what have you. Um, <clears throat> I think that's really important to uh, be able to determine whether how you phrase things um, as a coach as well. Because like you're saying, when you tell some one person, this thing sucks, um, they're going to just you know, think this sucks, but you tell another person this sucks, um, mentally fucked up as we all are in bodybuilding. Some people are like, hey, I'm going to like this uh, pain and suffering. So um, you got to understand which client you're really talking to in that moment in time. Um, and obviously, I don't really phrase things in the way that it's, um, this is going to be unhealthy. I feel uh, maybe I'm a little bit more uh um, I guess optimistic than you are, but I think most people going into uh, getting contest condition understand that there's a little bit of health compromise that comes along with it. Um, but obviously just reassuring that individual um, who may be a little bit more on the fence of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing, but not really take it to such a high level. But, you know, I want to uh, partake and, you know, feel this out and see if I like it at least. Um, and for that individual, how you phrase things may be a little bit more different than the person who's like, hey, I want to beat C-Bum and I'm going to do anything in my power uh, to beat C-Bum. So obviously, um, you got to, you know, be a little bit more tentative and uh, reserved with some clients versus other clients. You could just be like, hey, yep, this is the plan for the week. Do it. And they're like, hell yeah, let's go. So, yeah, I think individual psychology is huge with that.
I really liked how you said health compromise because that's that's really what it is. I think that as as um, so in, in one degree, there is absolutely a spectrum because you have to do some things in bodybuilding that aren't healthy. So when it comes to those things and maybe just overall, there's like a spectrum between like living as long as possible and living your highest quality life as long as possible and getting ridiculously shredded as many times as you need to while carrying as much lean body mass in the right places and knowing how to show it off on stage. Two, not polar opposites, but when it gets to a certain point with certain classes and doing it for very long lengths of time, and some people may not have the best genetics, so those people still try to push to the top, which means they throw in extra food, extra drugs, extra everything to try to make up for it, because no one says, hey, maybe you're not made to take it to that level, maybe you should do this level, maybe, maybe you should sit on a different part of the spectrum, or they just don't want to hear it. Um, that, that's a big thing. I mean, every, everyone when they're 20 thinks they're going to be the next sebum, right? Um, eventually they'll realize that, you know, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, or there would be a lot of people look like sebum, right? Um, but then you wrote up another, like you made me think of something else too, where there's some people where you do have to uh, hold them back from their own psychology when it comes to their willingness to do anything. And there's definitely some coaches that do the opposite. They pray on this. They don't take people and really take like a couple hours to explain when I, when I have what I call the drug talk with clients, I had one with one of my clients yesterday. That's like, all right, well, from what I'm looking at and knowing you for years, you're in a place where you could possibly, possibly experiment with some TRT, Plus, but I went through the whole spiel with him, made him take notes, made him um, say things back to me so that I actually knew that he understood instead of just word vomiting for two hours and then just being like, cool, well, you know, my hands are clean. I'm not liable for anything. Like I was checking to see if there's any uh, addiction history. I was checking to make sure what his fertility concerns are. Like there, there's a lot that goes into it, right? And I think a lot of coaches, not only do they not do that, but they will just have someone come to them, they'll have an intake form or whatever, and they say, hey, I will do whatever it takes to take this as far as possible or maybe as far as possible in this class or whatever. And the coach just goes, fuck, yeah, I can push them as hard as possible. And as long as I can fix their blood work after the show and put it up on Instagram to show that they're quote unquote healthy, I did a good job. And it's like, man, the image is not everything. You should just like actually do the right thing. Thing. And there's very few people that you can responsibly push very hard, meaning they have the genetics to go as far as they want. They have the lack of addiction issues to go as far as they want without fucking themselves up. So there's all that. There's all that. And but then the other thing, too, is having a thoroughly knowledgeable with pharmacology, physiology, largely those things for what I'm talking about here matters a lot because when it comes to PDs, yes, there's absolutely some element, uh, especially specifically to, I'll say, um, anab anabolic androgenic steroids, A's, where to some degree, the ones that may work the best come with extra side. So it's like, kind of like a, you know, it's like an equal amount of trade-offs. Like it's, it works better, but it might fuck you up. That's, kind of how it some works, but there's also some where you can get damn close to equal effects of some of the stronger ones, or you can just take a little bit more to make up for it. 
and it's way less impactful to your health. And then on top of that, if you understand there's many different mechanisms that can work synergistically together, so you don't have to pound one pathway, especially the anabolics pathway, to have massive growth, you can make someone way healthier. That's why people do the test Primo, insulin, and GH, instead of just doing a high-dose test and trend cycle for forever. Like, that's an example of a stupid thing for an off-season. The test Primo, HH, insulin makes more sense. So it's like, by having a good coach, you can get more effects and do it safer, even if that spectrum still exists. And that's why I'm passionate about, like, telling bad coaches to go fucking eat a dick, play in traffic, whatever. <laughs> I like the way that you phrase, um, frame that conversation around starting PDs in the first place, because that is um, the difference you could tell between a coach that treats people like uh, just a number versus like as a human being. Because, um, you know, if you're a big, big name coach putting out like 200 clients on stage per year or something crazy like that, um, you know, to a certain degree, there are probably people on that person's roster who are just numbers who aren't actually like um, they don't actually look at that person as like an actual human being behind that screen. Um, so it's like sort of like that attitude of, Hey, this person can, you know, take, take this, take this, it's whatever. I did it. All these clients did it. They're fine. So this person's going to be fine. Uh, when you don't actually know what that person's willing to risk um, in order to, you know, get to that sort of condition and what that person's risk tolerance is, uh, personally for like these certain compounds and uh, that's where um, I like the idea of polypharmacy um, like you were saying where you know you hit multiple different pathways um, at a low low moderate dose instead of just hammering one uh, to a high degree but um, that also does come with risk too because you know you each person responds with each compound differently so you, it does take more time and that's why like you're saying you need a coach who's um, educated and knowledgeable about these different things because um, you know just knowing about test master on trend is a lot different than knowing about the the thyroid axis, um, progesterone, estrogen, and all these different uh, pathways that are affected by AAS and other PEDs. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a huge part. And fertility is one thing that nobody fucking talks with about women before they start. Literally no one even talks about that as a concern. Guys, it is a little bit different. You can obviously have different fertility protocols that make things easier. When a woman gets to a certain point of you know, being sterile, quote unquote, um, you know, they aren't necessarily going to uh, be able to recover as easily um, their fertil fertility levels. So, so, and they are at a higher risk for losing fertility in the first place, especially, you know, being in a person who competes very, very often, um, gets in contest shape, those classes that get lower body fat percentages and maintaining that for, you know, any considerable amount of time is going to be risk for, losing fertility long-term. So that is all the conversations you need to have as a coach. And if your coach does not have those conversations with you, or at least um, digs a little bit deeper into those things, you may want to uh, look into at least someone else who's going to explain these different uh, concepts to you. Like you actually want to go through with this um, journey, this step in the journey. That brings me to an interesting question. I'm thinking about, because I have a wide, wide range of clients in, in a lot of different ways, like 
kind of an even split of men and women at this point. If anything, I said more towards having female clients, um, age all over the place, everything competitive lifestyle, total newbie. Like there's a lot. I'm trying to think of at what point do you stop yourself from super fully explaining things, not just because they wouldn't understand the message, but because telling them so much may just confuse them. So if you have someone who's uh, perhaps younger, they have no background in anything related to physiology or chemistry or anything like that, how do you, and this is, this is a big question, so it's kind of a dumb one in a sense, but how, how do you go about phrasing things to people? Here we go. How do you go about phrasing things to people that just want to follow exactly what you give them, but their protocols are complicated enough that they kind of need to understand it in order to do it best? And on top of that, I mean, we're a coach, we can respond real fast, but we sleep sometimes. We may have clients in drastically different time zones and little stuff is going to come up in life where that client needs to be able to auto-regulate that. How do you approach that with different levels of clients? And you can pick just one level of client to make the question easier to answer if you want. Okay. Um, so first and foremost is prior experience if the person's completely new um, to a certain like aspect of an approach say let me use insulin for an example that's a pretty um easy one say a person um you know is not exactly versed with pharmacology doesn't exactly know um you know insulin is going to be the storage hormone um basically going to transport anything from your bloodstream into tissues to be stored um and that comes with risk of having not enough blood glucose in your bloodstream all being transported to tissues um, and then leaving you in a hypoglycemic state. So um, that is one thing you, you know, have to have a conversation uh, with a person at least to, you know, understand that, um, say for a person who has no idea about any of this, has no idea what being hypo even is to a certain degree, um, you may want to explain what the risk is for hypoglycemia, what you may feel, um, how to determine the starting signs of when you may be feeling like you're starting to go hypo, um, how to get out of hypoglycemia. You don't need to pound 25 bags of Doritos. You could um, take a few glucose tabs or, you know, pound a little bit of a Gatorade and probably pull yourself out of hy hypoglycemia. Um, and also understand, you know, that is a conversation you have to have with some people where um, you don't necessarily feel comfortable pushing the androgen button or growth hormone button um, higher in this period of this person's journey. So uh, you may be looking into another pathway to uh, sustain progress. And that's where uh, you got to, you know, at least talk about insulin, at least bring that up if the person's not comfortable with it at all, which completely understandable. Some people think um, it is the devil. And, you know, you may just stress out that individual more by, you know, telling them, hey, this is what you need to do. So obviously, you know, that's a conversation there. Yeah. And, and with insulin, too, it's like there's a lot of people where, um, they would benefit from using it, but I just, I know what their schedule's like. And I'm like, you can do it sometimes, but it's it's not even worth having it in there if you can't do it consistently. And if someone's schedule is too inconsistent, then yeah, you'll have those episodes where you go on hypo or you just took insulin, like fast acting insulin with a meal for no reason because maybe your, your lift got pushed back or maybe 
you had your meal, you took your hemolog, novolog, or intramuscular novolinar from Walmart <laughs> in the middle of the meal. Um, <laughs> fun fact, because there. And then you something came up with work, or your girlfriend calls you, um, and she's like, "Why Pizza Hut calling you at 3 a.m.?" And so you got to deal with that shit. And then suddenly you're not training for I don't know two and a half hours after your meal, and you have the insulin in. That's that's a different scenario than if you can if you work from home, your gym is a five minute drive away, or you walk to the gym. Like there's there's a lot of safety precautions with that too, um, and that's why it does come down to like you said, just having those conversations with people. Like oh, and then jumping way way earlier um, in the conversation, you, you brought up a good point too. Polyform is great, but as a coach, you should try to operate a little bit off of. Um, the scientific method and to massively oversummarize and slightly bastardize this science you there's an input there's an output okay there's an x variable there's a y variable you change the inputs the the x variables you change them one at a time one at a time maybe through different conditions and you have to have a control group that's not doing it in studies but when you're working with one person it's a case study so it's a little bit different but you change one input at a time there's different outputs, okay? You want those outputs to be shown over time so you can actually pick up on patterns, pick up on best case, pick up on worst case, pick up on the whole broad range of how things happen because even if you're just changing that one variable, our lives are alive. So there's gonna be a lot of different things. If you change two things at once, if you change you know, two, two X variables, if you will, two inputs, and the outcomes change, you're not really going to be able to know exactly what's doing what, but, but at the same time, because some things are going to have a synergistic effect versus an additive effect, you have to know individually how the things work, but you have to also understand that they are going to work differently together a lot of the time. So you have to learn each thing individually and then start gradually combining things. And that's your only chance of actually understanding how these things are going to affect an individual. And the other thing too, is like your body changes over time. Like as you get a lot more lean muscle mass, 500 megs of test is going to affect you way different when you're, you know, 180 pounds and not even that lean versus when you're 230 and, you know, you've, you've glute striations and oblique veins and such. Like it's, there's a lot of different factors to go into it, you know? And like, sorry, one, one more thing. If you have, say you just have T or T dose of test and you add in, uh, I said, let's say you've like, or no, actually I lied. Let's say you have like 400 tests. So like, cool. I know how 400 tests affects me. I can handle these estrogen sides, all this stuff. And maybe in the past you've used DECA and you, but you only had your test at 200 and then the DECA was at I don't know, 200 or something like that. Be a weird cycle, but something like that. And you're like, cool, I can handle DECA at 200 megs. That's what you have in your brain. I can handle DECA at 200 megs. I can handle test at 400. I can handle DECA at 200 megs. When you combine them, you might not be able to fucking handle that combo. It's not as simple as A plus B. It's A plus maybe times B. And it's going to be different for all of the different hormones. So... That's uh, that's just one thing I had off the top of my head. Yeah, that 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 comes back to you know just having an intelligent coach, and obviously, if your coach is 
changing a bunch of different variables all at once is probably also another red flag of, hey, this guy may not necessarily know what the fuck's going on. Um, but yeah, that, I didn't think him. Yeah, that's definitely commonplace in bodybuilding. You see that on prep all the time. A person just goes from testing the off season and then they're on 20 different orals on yeah. prep. Like what, at what, at what point is, can you tell the difference between 50 megs of super draw and 200 megs of halo? Like at that point, you're just like, yeah, it's just liver, just distress at that point, just yellow eyes. And yeah, anyways, <laughs> I mean, I think if you take 200 megs of halo testing, oh, yeah, you're up in the hospital pretty quick. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're gonna you be in the hospital, room. or someone, someone very close to you will be. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly everyone around you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's just you know public risk right there. You don't yeah. want to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at at the end of the day, I think that's called anabolic mapping when you do it with PEDs. Uh, Broderick Chavez talks about that, where you know you find your response for individual compounds, and then you just map it out over time, take notes, uh, keep track of it, and that is sort of kind of a recipe for finding out, you know, your personal equation for what is going to work for you and what steps you need to take next. Um, and that's obviously a formula that develops over time, kind of like training volume. It's a moving target. It's never the same. Um, you know, at one point in your life, you may need more uh, than a, another point in your life. And, you know, that comes down to a bunch of different factors, like how your life is. Like you're saying, if a person lives like 45 minutes from the gym and only goes four times a week versus a person who lives next door to the gym and can go, you know, anytime they want, um, obviously they're life and importance of this is pretty different too so um you got to take all those different things into account um in terms of like overall life stress and uh different factors like that so yeah what's going to kick us off in about two and a half minutes so what what do we want our final uh statements to be we kind of made this a more competitive side pd focused coaching mentality type of uh type of thing but let's yeah. What's some final info you want to squeeze in in the last minute? <laughs> I would say for, um, I can go about pretty much the way that coaches don't necessarily do things um, in order, or at least a coach shouldn't do things um, in order to, for, for their own personal gain, I don't think. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you should look out for the individual, not treat people as just numbers um, on a screen and treat people as human beings and uh, finding out each person's, you know, individual traits. Um, it's not like you have to be best friends with the person or uh, develop any type of close relationship beyond uh, just a professional one, but at least, you know, uh, getting to know personality is very important when it comes to coaching different individuals and as well as risk tolerance. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. You basically took everything, everything that I was going to say. So we can finish out there, guys. Thank you for listening to this quick one, guys. We appreciate you. Um, feel free to DM me any anything you want to talk us uh, talk to you guys about in the next episodes and such. Always happy to take ideas. Obviously, we got the cute little intro thing that we're doing with the questions, but we can handle bigger, bigger topics now too. We're definitely going to try to get these going a little bit more often now that we've figured some of this stuff out. Um, but yeah, one, one thing I'll say to finish up is your coach-client relationship should be mutually beneficial. Um, hopefully, you know, you have a client that you can take as far as they want. That's cool. You can show up a transformation and such. But 
you should have a conversation about them where you ask them how, especially PDs and such, are going to affect their life. Say, not just their bodybuilding, you need to use the word life. And that's that's one thing I want to take away. When you have the drug talk with a client, say, this is how this may affect your life. Is this important enough to you that you're willing to go towards the anti-health side enough that this will overall enhance your life? Okay. Thank you guys for listening.